Why is it important for us to keep our eye on Israel? Um, first, because the Bible is a book about Israel. The Bible records historically things about Israel, and the Bible records prophetically things that are yet to happen in Israel. In addition, of course, God gave a savior to the world, his name is Jesus, who was born in Israel, died in Israel, rose again in Israel, and by the way, is coming again to Israel. And so we need to keep our eye on Jesus. All right, that was the voice of Gary Hamrick, Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. He has become so loved by people across the country because of his great teaching. And he's yet another example of uh, a pastor who believes that the preaching of the Word should be integrated with what's happening in the world, what's happening in people's lives, because for heaven's sake, that's why God gave us his Word, to guide and direct us. If we can't talk about how it applies— uh, in the world, whether it's Washington or the capital of your state or in your home or your school, then it. what are we thinking that pastors think they can't discuss this? Well, Gary is a master at this, and yet he, and of course, he does great um, teaching on the Scripture and the Word of God, and that's why people love him so much. So we're going to spend time with him today because he's going to be our guest. Gary Hamrick, again, Cornerstone Chapel of Leesburg, Virginia, uh, you're in for a treat, as always, when he speaks. Well, finally, some good news. I know, we have so little of it. We talk about preborn a lot, and that's because uh, I believe in their mission. And I know that you do, too, because many of you have already given so generously. And just who wouldn't want to help rescue babies and help mothers in crisis? Well, of course, the answer comes to me. Hamas, uh, yeah, Islamists. Well, okay, that's actually very—see, this is relevant. The news is relevant to preborn. Uh, Preborn is reaching into the hearts of women by allowing them to hear the heart of their babies and introduce them to the heart of God. It's a divine connection, and it doubles the baby's chance at life. Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies' lives. But, you know, it doesn't stop there. They offer mothers maternity clothes, doctor visits, and the help they need to choose life. That's really good news. So would you help by going to preborn.com slash Sandy, preborn.com slash Sandy. What you do is provide an ultrasound. It's $28 for each of them. Uh, and they take that money, and that's how they do it. They show pictures of the baby and in the womb. And most mothers, in a normal world where people care about babies, and thank God we live here right now, right? We're trying to fight the ideology of hell itself from coming into this country and overtaking. And then the product of that, the fruit of that, is more death and killing. We don't want that, just like we don't want babies to be destroyed in their mother's wombs. So if you'd like to help, go to Sandy Rios 24-7. That's Sandy Rios 24-7. I want to remind you that you can call us anytime. You can call us at 662-821-2040. When you do that, you leave a message. Uh, Maybe you have a comment something you'd like to suggest, something you don't like. Uh, And we do listen to those phone calls, and we're going to play them on the air at some point. We have done that already. We're going to do it again. You can write us the old-fashioned way by email at sandy at afr.net. 
Uh, you can go to Facebook. We've uh, sort of resurrected from the dead Sandy Rios in the morning because uh, we had a little problem with Facebook's, the Facebook family and trying to recreate it to be Sandy Rios 24-7, and I think we finally succeeded. So I hope that you, I know you have the habit of going to Sandy Rios in the morning, uh, but uh, now you can, you can actually try Sandy Rios 24-7, and we'd love to have you there because we post, you know, more information about our interviews, the articles I talk about at that uh, that Facebook so place. So you can find me at Twitter on at Sandy Rios Tweet, at Sandy Rios Tweet, and you can find us on Instagram at Sandy Rios 24-7, and on and on and on it goes. If you just look, you can find us just about everywhere, our YouTube a true social getter. Uh, and you can find us on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. And you know what helps? Apple is where a lot of people go. We might have most of our listeners there besides our home base, which is AFR.net. Uh, but for people from the outside of the AFR world, it seems that Apple is the place most many people go. And if you look, uh, I've never said anything like this, but I, I feel like I need to say to you, uh, they people give ratings when they hear a podcast. And... Um, if they don't like you, if people find out what you're doing and they don't like you, they can absolutely ruin your rating by giving you one star. And um, so that's kind of what's happened on my Twitter feed. Well, if they haven't ruined my rating, I think I have a 4.7, but I did have a higher rating than that. And if you read down, you'll see that the people that gave me one star it isn't because they don't like the show, it's because they hate what I talk about. So um, if you are a person who listens to Apple, if you would please, you know, give a rating, that would help because that the averages would make it go up and it wouldn't be off-putting for people who are just looking for something new to listen to. So uh, it's not a bad, I mean, it's still great. I'm very grateful for that. But I just want it to be accurate, and I'm not so sure it is right now. So those of you that, for those of you that listen to Sandy Reels 24-7 on Apple, that's how you can help. All right. Well, I think I've, you know, emptied my mind of all the things that I needed to say to you. Uh, this is going to be a treat uh, to hear from Pastor Gary Hemrick from Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia, on Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice. What's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up. Speak up. Say something. Do something. All right, this is Sandy Rios, and again, I'm on Radio Row at Pray, Vote, Stand in Washington, D.C., sponsored by Family Research Council, AFA Action, and a bunch of other wonderful people. We've had such a great conference, and I think the one thing that has, to me, I've been in so many conferences in my life, Christian conferences and otherwise, I just feel like there's an urgency and a passion for holiness, mm. for the filling of the Spirit, uh, that I've never seen. And uh, that's what we've been experiencing in worship and on the stage, too. And so um, it's only natural that I would want to talk to Pastor Gary Hamrick. Pastor Hamrick is the pastor of Cornerstone Chapel 
which is in Leesburg, Virginia. And I would just say that, um, well, I just, he has a worldwide ministry because of his, all kinds of people. I know, Gary, I, we live at, now in Florida. People listen to you all the time. They come in and say in Sunday school what they heard you preach about, you know. So uh, you have, uh, because you preach the word and you also preach what's going on in the culture. So mm-hmm. thanks for joining me. Thank you, Sandy. It's good to be with you. All right. So I have to, <laughs> I have to ask you about this. Right. You are part of the Calvary Chapel uh, the, and people will know that because the movie The Jesus Revolution, the Jesus Revolution yeah. Kelsey Grammer yep. was Chuck Smith, the founder of the Calvary Chapel right. movement. So that's your that's the roots of that's your church. Exactly. Calvary okay. Chapel Association. Uh, when Chuck passed away, it's been 10 years now. I can't believe it. But when he passed away, he left a a board of some of the original pastors that he raised up to be Calvary Chapel Association, and so we're all affiliated with them. So how did you intersect with them? Is it just by word of mouth, or did you actually intersect in a That's a great question. Way? So we actually were a little different. A lot of Calvary chapels are sent out from a Calvary chapel and planted we started our church and then i looked for affiliation i grew up no kidding yeah i grew up methodist and i'm a recovering methodist is what i tell people (laughs) i knew that i didn't want to affiliate with the methodist church they've gone all left and liberal um and so i didn't want to be affiliated with the denomination i I wanted to have roots i wanted to be able to invest in the flock and uh over a long period of time Um, and so there was actually a good friend of mine who pastored a calvary and he introduced me to Chuck, and I had listened to Chuck Smith on the radio for all growing up. I got saved when I was 15, and, and I cut my teeth on Chuck's teachings on the radio. And so um, when I met him, it was an easy fit because I already knew what Calvary was about. Sure. We were like-minded, and so uh, we joined the affiliation that way. So. so, okay, so what did you think of the movie? I loved the movie. I did, too. It, it, only because I know some inside stuff. There was a few little things that yeah. weren't accurate, but that's what they do with artistic license. Like Kay Smith, for example, she was very, Chuck's wife, she was very welcoming to the hippies during the hippie movement. The movie kind of portrayed her as she was standoffish like Chuck, and that really isn't so. She actually persuaded Chuck to be more inviting to the hippies in that generation. So It was a great movie, and that's kind of my generation, too. So I re- <laughs> those were my peers that were hippies and um so i lived through that and Mm -hmm. so i found and the jesus revolution i was an observer of all of that so this was wonderful i really enjoyed that movie and i still highly recommend that well let me um you already said you 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 became a christian when you were six 15 15 yeah all right so you became a youth pastor as i understand it well did some did you do anything before that or did you just kind of that was where you went no i was actually pursuing a journalism degree i went to american university for a journalism major i'm sorry i know and well (laughs) what i tell people is i i started reporting the news and then i reported the true news i've i've made the transition from the fake news to the true news um, but yeah, that my heart was writing and communications. Then I, I actually switched over to George Mason and did a broader communications degree. And then the Lord called me in the middle. I had wrestled with the calling since I got saved, um, but it was really in my junior year of college that I knew I had to change course. And so I completed a, a Bible college degree and then went into the ministry. But 
I was raised in the Methodist Church, and I'm thankful for my roots, for my heritage. My grandfather—I'm the fourth-generation pastor in my family. Wow. My great-grandfather was a circuit rider preacher in the hills of West Virginia. No kidding. And um, and then my mom's dad, and then my dad's brother on both sides of the family. Um, and so I resisted it because I thought maybe I'm only doing this because that's what my family does. Yes. Uh, but when the Lord got a hold of my heart, I couldn't shake it, and so ended up going into the ministry. But originally was pursuing journalism and communication. So I, I love what you do. You, you do a great job with all this. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, John and Charles Wesley, uh, yes. Charles gave us some of the, mo- the most incredible hymns. hymns of Christendom. Yep. I miss them. Yes. I miss them. Yeah. Why don't we sing those, Gary? Yeah. It just drives me crazy yeah. that we, I love, worship music is great, yeah. but so are traditional hymns. Yeah. It, sh- it should be a blend. Yeah. I always say that when, you know, to me, um, when we I love, I'm a musician, so mm. I understand I love good music of any kind, mm-hmm. but I think what we lost when we sort of eradicated hymns, and uh, I'm sure there are exceptions, we lost a language. Mm. It's like, I think the same thing kind of happened when we went to all kinds of translations of the Bible. Good, mm-hmm. great stuff, but it kind of divided us because now people quote this in this version, they yeah. quote in that version, and <coughs> it's harder to memorize, and sometimes... I just think, excuse me, music is like that too, hymns. In fact, traveling overseas, which I've done a lot, one of the things we've done is sing hymns together in their language, and they've been taught our hymns from American missionaries. So I think we've lost a great deal by leaving that. Well, we're going to continue our interview with uh, Gary Hamrick. It's really so moving and so insightful and so challenging. And so I hope you'll stay tuned, but first I just need to share with you speaking of sharing, that Christian Healthcare Ministries is there for your, at your disposal. They are a Christian organization that pools the resources of Christians around the country in all 50 states, and then from that pool helps pay for medical needs. There are different levels, like if you don't need much coverage or if you just want catastrophic or whatever. I say, I don't really know what the levels are. We'll get into that later, but you can have that, or if you want Full coverage, you know, for doctor visits and all of that. They have a range just like regular insurance has. And it's been helpful to so many people, and I'm guessing it's probably a lot more affordable than some of the insurance that you you all pay. Insurance has been such a struggle, hasn't it, this last since uh, Obamacare? What a nightmare they foisted upon the American people. I guess it was a portent of things to come. Well, Christian Healthcare Ministries is a great answer to that conundrum. So if you go to chministries.org slash Sandy, chministries.org slash Sandy, that'll give you a chance to check out those plans, check out the costs, and see if it's a good fit for you, if it helps your family, if it improves your your monthly finances, or gives you um, more assurance to meet the medical needs of your of your family. It's chministries.org slash Sandy. That's chministries.org slash Sandy. So you became a youth pastor and you were so successful that that church asked you to be the senior pastor. Right? Well, no, we were actually, um, I was a youth pastor at a different church. There, were, oh, okay. there was a handful of people who wanted to start a church in Leesburg and they knew me as a youth pastor and asked me if I would consider becoming their first okay. pastor, which is what I ended up doing. There were 18 charter members when we started Cornerstone Chapel. <laughs> How big now? Uh, on a Sunday, somewhere between seven and 8,000. 
It's what the Lord has done. I'm, I'm, I get I'm, it. I'm telling you, it's really what it. the Lord has done. And Sandy, we have just devoted ourselves to two things. We're going to teach the Word, or we're going to worship the Lord. And we have kept those central to our church, and all other things of ministry have emanated from that basic philosophy. We're going to teach the Bible. And, you know, learning from Chuck Smith, we go straight through the Bible, cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, start over, do it again. I'm on my third Love time it. through the Bible with our congregation. You know, I do that um, in my private work private mm -hmm. life. I mm -hmm. just keep reading through the Bible over and over, taking my time, making, takes me forever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> takes me forever. But uh, that's, and I forget, I go, I don't know how you, you I can't remember it all, you know, I just yeah. can't, it doesn't stick. Well, so and the I, beauty is you can read it again and again and again, and the Lord will speak to you in yes. a different way through totally. the same passage. Totally, a yeah. phrase you never saw, exactly. a word you never saw. Yeah. I know. So, um, all right, I want to talk to you about, um, see how could I, I lived in Virginia, I've told you that, when I was president of CWA, mm. and um, at the time, there were, some, oh, to my knowledge, there were there were some several good churches. Capitol Hill Baptist yep. was good, although that, yeah, I didn't go there. Uh, McLean Bible, led by Lon Solomon, was the powerhouse, I believe. Mm -hmm. And before him, we had Dr. Michael Easley at Emanuel Bible. Mm -hmm. He was also, we're from Chicago, so mm. we loved him, actually. Uh, we didn't go to that church because he was gone, mm -hmm. but... This is what my point's going to be. In the case of McLean, and I'd say Emanuel Bible too, there was, uh, after Dr. Michael Easley left, there was trouble. And the church lost its presence or power, or whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. uh, Lon Solomon, who would have thought, with his testimony and his char charisma, that McLean Bible would be, I'm going to use the word decimated, uh, by a move of Christians who I don't relate to, uh, creating factions. So they've, I, have, I don't live here now, so I may be wrong, but I'm guessing they don't have the impact they used to have. And now here's your church, which I, I, don't, I didn't even know about you when I was here. Hmm. What's going on? You know, with God, uh, I know what's going on, but I want your answer. Uh, Moody, Moody, we're mm -hmm. from Chicago, so Moody Church was our church. I see changes there too. I'm not declaring anything, to, but just changes, and it's been there for hundred, a couple hundred years, faithfully preaching the word. And then Moody Bible Institute is gone. Why? Why is that? Mm. Why is that? And is that okay with God? You think? Mm. Well, some of what you're describing is a, a bad um, plan of succession. Um, sometimes the 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 handing of the baton to the next generation or the next pastor doesn't always go well, and that's sad. I think we, we have to work hard at that. I mean, I've, I just turned 60. I'm already thinking about, okay, I've got to raise up the next generation. Uh, I can't be doing this forever. And typically a congregation ages with the pastor, so I want to be careful. I don't want to, a congregation ages out because, you know, they're, they're following me per se. So a part of what you're describing, I think, is just bad succession plans. I think the other part of what you're describing, unfortunately, is um, some aspects of the culture has crept into the church, and the the church doesn't take the stance that it needs to. And and here's my guess: uh, I think it's an attempt to try to be quote relatable to the world, and so you dumb things down or you package it in a way that you think makes it attractive to the world. And I think that's done a 
terrible disservice to the church because, you know, Jesus never dumbed anything down and he didn't try to package it. In fact, he was very direct with people he needed to be direct with. He was very compassionate with the people he needed to be compassionate with, but he never changed the message and never altered anything about his ministry in order to appeal to people. And I think, unfortunately, some of that is what's happening. I agree with you. Uh, I was divorced. I was married many years. Then I was divorced and single for many years. And in the and during those years, I went to Willow Creek. Mm. And uh, Bill Hybels became a friend. I was on the vocal team. Uh, and it was, uh, it was, there were some really great things happening there, although it was very, you know, I questioned some things. Mm. And now, of course, they've fallen yeah. apart pretty substantially. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you're talking about there, that's the perfect illustration of hiding, couching, not really, you know, mm-hmm. becoming so careful. And um, so we can't do it. So I, I just feel like, I know this is obvious, Gary, but it's just that God is going to use who he's going to use by whatever label. He doesn't mm-hmm. care if it's a denomination that you're with. I mean, yep. um, so, but why is it so hard for a church or a university? Why is it so hard uh, to may, remain steadfast? I think you answered it, but let's, let me ask you well, it again. Well, I, th- I think in large part, a lot of times they're believing the lies. And here's what the lie is. If I get too direct or too um, vocal about the truth, I'm going to lose people. And people are going to, you know, and then there, there goes their money and, and there goes attendance. And unfortunately, because we're all people of flesh, numbers and money drive a lot of things. But what I have found, and why I say they believe the lie, is because what I have found is the opposite has happened, at least at our church, at Cornerstone Chapel, because the more I've been direct about the truth, it appeals to people who are hungry for it. And we have seen growth. We've seen our offerings triple in the last two years because people from around the country now, because of social media and YouTube and we haven't even asked for offerings, but I'm just saying God has provided and God has grown the church because there's a hunger, there's an appetite for truth. And But some pastors and some universities think, well, the opposite happens. If we get tough on the issues and we take a stand, we're going to lose people. The opposite is true, but the enemy, Satan, is convincing them, walk softly or you're going to lose people and you're going to lose money. It's the opposite. Yes, I think so too. I want to point out to people listening that Leesburg, Virginia is really close to Washington, D.C. Yeah, That's a cor- yeah. I didn't live in Leesburg. We bought it. It's close. Yeah, we're about 30 miles west. So I don't know this. I should know this about you, but I don't. Are you, I know you talk about the world and politics. You, that's yeah. part of your bread and butter. You yeah. you merge everything, which, you know what, remember that. Remember the full gospel movement. Yeah. Because they believe, they were talking about the Holy Spirit. But yeah. I was just thinking about that the other day. We are actually now, I think, the full gospel movement. The people that believe mm. in preaching the word mm-hmm. and applying it to the circumstances of our day. That's yeah. the full gospel, exactly. not the half gospel. Right. But, um, so... Do you have any direct involvement in D.C.? Yeah, how do you view your role and exactly how are you handling that? So I have some direct involvement, and it's usually through people that I know, like Tony Perkins being here this weekend. You know, he's taken me um, during the last administration to pray with Dr. Ben Carson, with Mike Pompeo. And so there's some connection there through different people that I know. Um, oddly enough, when I was a youth pastor, 
um, Justice Clarence Thomas's son was in my youth group, so I've oh, had, no, that's I've had cool. time in Justice uh, Thomas's chambers um, with him. So it, the Lord has just opened up a few different doors like that, and because we're so close to D.C., there is a lot of political talk. Um, we 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 did our part to try to help Governor Youngkin get elected in Virginia. He came three times to our church during the campaign, and um, and so we've got a great governor now who loves the Lord. So I'm trying to do my part to stay engaged and to, and to keep our folks engaged because of our proximity to D.C. This is a very strong political climate. Um, and so I'll go through doors that open and pray with whoever needs prayer. You know, I, didn't, I don't necessarily have to vote for people to pray for people, right? Because right. we're called to do that. You know, Paul says pray to Timothy. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm happy to do that wherever the door opens. You know, I'll, uh, I mentioned Willow Creek, so I will say, uh, during this time when I was there, uh, Bill Hybels became the advisor to President Bill Clinton. Mm. And I didn't have a problem with that because yeah. I thought if anybody needed spiritual exactly. advice, it was President Bill Clinton. Right. But what I saw happening, Gary, was the worm turned mm. and it was a real... Uh, I saw the worm turn. I yeah. saw the president become the the power and the nearness to it so seductive mm -hmm. that there was a compromise and I actually was in the middle of that battle but I what would you say to caution pastors who do get involved where's the line how do they think properly because mm -hmm. the, the powers of this world are powerful mm -hmm. so it's a seductive thing. It is. Yes. Yeah, so. Power itself is seductive, and so to be around power that can be seductive. What I, what I appreciate is I have a strong wife who keeps my feet to the ground <laughs> because she's not impressed by anything political. She's not starstruck by anybody, so she regularly reminds me, you know, just this is temporary wherever the Lord opens a door, but don't get enamored by it because it's true. I mean, our ultimate focus has to be on the Lord, and then you know walk through doors the lord might open where you have an opportunity to have influence like i was speaking earlier today at the summit daniel was in a very awkward position of being in babylon and everything about the culture of babylon he was opposed to but the lord used him to speak truth to power he was there over the course of three kings and he was able to speak into the ear of the king and influence policies and influence the country for good and so where the Lord uses us in that regard, I think we need to be faithful, but keep our feet to the ground because power is intoxicating. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is a tough one, I think. Um, COVID shutdowns. Yeah. Nightmare. Yeah. And a nightmare for churches. Mm -hmm. And it had its effect on, you know, people, different churches responded differently. Uh, but I think it was really a gut punch to the body of Christ. Some churches have never recovered. No. Um, and so... They're talking about doing the same thing again. Yep. And we're pretty sure they're going to do the same thing again. I, I'm putting you on the spot. No, you're right. How will you, do, how will you handle that? I already told our congregation we're not, shut, we're not shutting down. Over the last COVID, you know, the first one in 2020, when we thought millions of people, and listen, every life is precious. Um, but, but when the numbers were projected to be this, you know, even more horrible than it was, we, we took the precaution of, okay, we'll slow the curve is what they said. Yes. We, we closed for like six to seven weeks. And then here's the thing. When I began to realize the CDC numbers were working against them, what do I mean? In the age group of 18 to 29-year-olds, the CDC reported that because of the isolation, 
75% of 18 to 29 year olds had suicidal ideation. When I heard that number, I said, we can't stay closed. People need fellowship. That's what the body crisis is about. So we opened back up. We were, we were written up by the health department four times. They came to our church with a clipboard and pictures of our people in the congregation, not social distancing and not wearing masks. I said, how did you get these pictures? They said, well, when your cameras pan the audience, we watch online and we take still shots. And at first I was upset and then I realized, hey, praise God, the health department is watching our church services, so fine. And they didn't enforce anything. Um, now we have a new governor, so fortunately it'll go better for us. Um, and actually I met with the governor last Tuesday and he said he's not gonna impose any kind of mask mandates and any kind of restrictions. So we're, we're planning to stay fully open and um, trust the Lord again. Just a practical matter. Well, the thing that strikes me besides all that you just said and meant uh, is that um, but, um, often the Holy Spirit <clears throat> gives us discernment and it's hard to explain. Right. Uh, but it always lines up with the science. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It always lines up with yeah. science. Yeah. And uh, I just was talking to Dr. Malone last yes. week mm -hmm. and there is a new study out about masks and its effect on children and it's frightening, yeah. Gary. Yeah. It's frightening. Children born during not only their social skills but their testing scores. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is just the masking, the discovery of the damage yeah. of CO2 being inhaled by yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of Christians, the strife, you know, in the last one, last one, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was that a lot of Christians felt they were doing their part to think of others. Right. And then a lot of me, mm -hmm. I was one of them, and said, this is, something's going on here that's really wrong. Yeah. And I just wouldn't, uh, I just wouldn't do that. But... How do you, how would you find, I could have been wrong. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm you know, we had differences of opinion, mm -hmm. um, but that's what I chose. So how would you, what would you say to Christians as we look toward this, what would you, what's your recommendation? I, I, for, we're going to have policies for our church that is not restrictive, and then people will just make a decision. We'll just tell people, if you, wanna, if you feel more comfortable watching online, watch online. I don't want to judge somebody who wears a mask or doesn't wear a mask. It is sad what is happening right now. I do just caution people, like, don't just accept at face value what the government tells you. You know, the Tuskegee Airmen, like the experiments that were done on them, like government has not always had our best interest in mind. And, and so just to accept, because the government says, so it must be true. Um, no, not necessarily. And so be wise about it, be discerning about it. And then at the end of the day, you have to you know, live up to your own convictions. I think some of us are adopting the do not comply, yeah. do not comply. Dr. Malone's going to leave, this, so we're working on that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Kate, one last question, sir. I, um, I, I as a Christian, mm -hmm. I know, I have an idea of how God works and how he brings judgment on his people when they rebel. He did that so often. He brought judgment by people that were worse than them. Uh, and then they suffered and suffered and then they finally repented and then he restored and loved them and you know and then the cycle repeats all the yeah. time. Are we in that cycle? Would God treat America like he treated Israel? Is there a distinction? And uh, do you think that that's what's happening now? You read the whole book of Judges and that's the cycle you just described. They were in idolatry and then they came under conviction because when they were 
worshiping idols, God allowed other foreign countries to attack them. Then they cried out to the Lord, and then he had mercy. And then after a time of mercy, they got so comfortable, they went back to idolatry. And thus the cycle continued. Are we in a similar cycle? I think so as Americans. I think it is important for us to always keep our focus on the Lord as Christians. We can't get lazy when things are going well, and we have to press in when things are not going well and stay close to him because God will, he's our father. No, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful, but later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness. So that's what we have to look forward to. You know, Ann Graham Lotz, do you probably remember this? She made this statement that sticks with me. She said, if God doesn't bring judgment soon to the United States, we're gonna have to apologize. He's gonna have to apologize yeah. to, to Sodom and Gomorrah. Gomorrah. Yeah. And I always say, I don't, yeah. do you wanna live? You wanna keep living in a world that's happened with our children and all the evil? I don't. Right. I don't there, a change has to take place. And if it's yeah. judgment, then so be it. Mm -hmm. But we pray, meanwhile, how do we find that balance? That's the last thing. Like, we've got children and yeah. we've got grandchildren. Yeah. So, I got seven grandchildren now, so my heart is for this generation that's being raised up. Um, we have to just do our part personally and then with our families, and then I take it personally as a pastor of a church to just continue to teach truth, live truth, and present truth so that people can hear the truth and be set free. So there you go. Some things never change. No. I believe it, you know. They, instead, this thing, Billy Graham used to you know, just be, some people complain because he didn't, he was, it was always the same, you yeah, know what I mean? But yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Boy, that was dumb. Yeah. But that's what they said. All yeah. he preached was the gospel. But he, if you, he always had a newspaper, and he was yeah. not boring. Uh, but that's, I think, the point. It's repeat, repeat, remember, remember, remember. Yeah, and that's, that's right. what we have to do. Yep. Um, Pastor Gary Hamrick, again, Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. And if you want to find out more about uh, Gary, you can go online. His sermons are there. Yep. Uh, anything else I need to say, practically cornerstonechapel.net that's okay. our website that has okay. all our social media and everything there okay all right thank you sandy such a pleasure to meet you you too i'll Appreciate see you in heaven maybe I'll, maybe i'll see you sooner i hope yeah. Amen. Anyway, all right see sandy rios on sandy rios 24 7. this is sandy rios 24 7 on american family radio All right, this is Sandy Rios of Sandy Rios 24-7. You know, when I think about uh, the, the years I've spent on this earth and the way I've seen the uh, pro-life movement grow, it, uh, it's really amazing. And sometimes I personally, I don't stop to thank God uh, for what he's done in people's hearts. It wasn't always like this, this, uh, this mainstreaming of being pro-life. It wasn't always like this. It was very controversial in the 80s. Uh, and in fact, uh, movies, you know, you think we have a, a campaign to uh, support abortion now. It was terrible in the 80s, everywhere you looked. And when they show pictures of pro-life rallies, rallies, which were, you know, very strong then, but not so mainstream as they are now, they would always zero in on the weirdest people in the crowd, the most bizarre. And that's how they would characterize us. I mean, we were the brunt of jokes and I, um, I find, I think that we are actually, the worm is going to start to turn here. We're going back, well, it already has. So that the pro-choice crowd has a very loud megaphone, and we may see things change. And we may have to, in fact, take a more difficult stand than we do now. It may not be so popular to be pro-life or acceptable. And so I just want you to be prepared for that. And in preparation for that, I think probably it's just 
just a wonderful thing for you to pro- throw your support behind Preborn. You know it's preborn.com slash Sandy. That's how you do it. Well, you work hand-in-hand hand on the show to save babies. You, Many of you, many, many, many of you have already donated so generously. But for those of you who haven't, it's $28 to provide one ultrasound for one mom. Uh, and she can see her baby in her womb and then she can see the joys, the joys of being a mom. I mean, what mom, what mom would look at that and not be thrilled, you know, or maybe afraid of what the process is going to be, but but thrilled at the, the thought of life being inside of her. Well, let's encourage her to keep that baby. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy and uh, make your most generous donation. Know why you are part of that cause. And get your facts straight. Because sometimes you are quick to jump on the bandwagon of the latest cause, the latest issue, the latest group that appears to be disadvantaged, and you don't even know why you're a part of that cause, and you can't even intellectually defend it. And you end up looking silly. You look silly. Most young people, in fact, a lot of adults don't even know the history of the land of Israel I just shared with you. And so young adults are believing this false narrative. The Jews are the occupiers. The Jews are the colonialists. This is our land. You know, look, you can have compassion for the Palestinian people. Fine, you should. But don't forget what happened October the 7th, 2023, and stop trying to accuse the Israelis of being the ones who are the bullies. There are 22 Arab states, 52 Muslim states, one Jewish state. Who's the bully? You tell me. Who's the bully? It's astounding to me. That's Gary Hemrick again of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. This is Sandy Reels back with you. It's astounding to me, really, that pastors are not saying that in the pulpit. Why is that so radical? Why is that so radical? And yet it is. I've asked my sweetheart Bruce to join me because he's uh, listened carefully to Garrick's, to this interview with Gary. Um, your thoughts, Bruce, about what he just said? Well, I think, it, it just as you said, it is amazing that we are not hearing more of this. Uh, when you listen to Pastor Hamrick, it makes so much sense, and not just from a logic standpoint, but from a historical land, uh, viewpoint. You look at the land of Israel, you look at the Jewish people, they are God's chosen people. They may not act like it all the time, and they may not appreciate being it, but they are his chosen people, and Israel is his promised land. And as long as people are trying to take it over or to kill the Jews, we need to stand behind them. Because as Israel goes, so goes the world. You know, I would even go further and say, even if you don't believe what Bruce just said, what Gary just said about who's oppressing and who's the oppressor in this particular conflict is it's just a this just a base point like i i would i just um you know the world the, the media is so slanted and we knew they would be we knew that they'd come out no matter what the slaughter was when this started no matter horrific that the media would come out and support palestine and the hamas which is what they always do and um i just saw bruce uh, a report that 
the Israelis got um, a ton of footage together and gathered together several hundred journalists from uh, international journalists from all over the world and showed them uh, the attack, uh, the initial attack, and what the what the atrocities actually were. I mean, un- really un- unmentionable, unfathomable, because they just won't talk about it. And so, what pastors won't talk about that? I mean, won't talk about who is the perpetrator and who is the innocent in this case. I just that justifies logic for me. All right. Well, that wasn't all that Gary talked about. Um, Honey, he sort of gave some advice to pastors, didn't he? Do you remember anything that he said along that line? Well, I think his message was very straightforward to pastors, and that is two things. Teach the Word of God and worship the Lord. You can do that even while you're addressing political ideas, political issues, um, moral issues. You name the topic, you teach what Jesus taught us, and you worship the Lord by your actions, that is, following his commandments, following what he taught, um, whether it be, <clears throat> like we say, regarding what, what's going on with the Palestinians, regarding what it, whether it's politics, regarding whether it's abortion. You name the issue, it's not new. None of these issues are new. It's all covered by the Bible. Jesus speaks to all these issues, maybe not by word itself, the exact word, but by the concept or the issue. And then he also said, uh, stick to the truth. He said, people are hungry for the truth. And you may alienate some people, but people who want to really hear the truth will will come to your church. So that's important advice. Yeah, I think what resonated with me the most of his uh, topic was staying the course. Um, That's uh, telling the truth. That's how you attract people. You know, when people are desperate, they don't want to hear a shining on. They're like, just tell me the truth. It's like if you, you're you going to get a diagnosis for a, a fatal disease. You know, it's hard to hear, but you don't want somebody telling you something that's not true because you need to know how to react to the facts. And if someone tells you that you're, um, fatal disease is not fatal, you're going to conduct your life differently than if you know, I only have so much time. And it's the same with these issues. We don't want to be soft-sold on the threat of uh, what's going on in the Middle East. And when you listen to his sermon, boy, he hits it straight on. Wow, I think that says it well, honey. I have nothing to add to that. And I, uh, I just think uh, that was a great challenge for all of us from Gary Hamrick. I want to thank all of you for listening to Sandy Rios 24-7. You know you can call us at 662-821-2040. You also know that we have some great sponsors, that which we encourage you to support for good reason. Preborn, you can give your best donation at preborn.com slash Sandy and chministries.org slash Sandy for Christian Healthcare Ministries, which provides money to pay for your health care. You know, it's a pool of resources, so you have to put some money in. But it's a wonderful way uh, for you to provide good medical care for your family. All right, well, listen, thank you so much for listening. You can write us at sandy at afr.net. You can catch us at Sandy Rios 24-7 Facebook, on Twitter at Sandy Rios Tweet. Uh, You can listen to us at Apple, Spotify, Amazon. Go to afr.net, our home base. 
And you can always listen easily for those of you that are not so comfortable with podcasts on sandyrios.com. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.